Today on Abounding Grace, consider what kind of witness you are of Jesus Christ. All of us as believers are witnesses of Jesus. It, the only difference between us is whether we're a good witness or a bad witness. But we all are. And as you're starting to make decisions in life, as you're starting to decide what you're going to post on Facebook, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, what you're going to watch, what you're going to drink, how you're going to live, how you're going to respond, you really have to consider, will this stumble someone? They go, wait a minute, Ed. I mean, it's going to stumble everyone. Well, then just take that thought to the Lord in prayer and get confirmation that you're supposed to do it. This is amazing grace. Hello again, friend. Glad to have you along as we present Abounding Grace. As believers, there is great freedom that we enjoy in Christ, but we need to realize there's also great responsibility to love. Our liberties have the potential of stumbling a weaker brother or sister. So at times we may need to put aside a particular liberty out of love and concern for others. Pastor Ed Taylor has a few examples of that as we get started. We're in 1 Corinthians 8. I've shared this before, but, you know, let's just say that there's somebody that's just, just really still addicted to cigarettes and, and they're just smoking them. And, you know, that, that, that's not, you know, cigarettes I don't think is going to send you to hell, smoking cigarettes. It'll make you smell like you've been there, but it's not going to send you to hell. <laughs> it's not good for you. It's not good habit. It's hard to share the gospel when you're puffing on a Salem, you know, and wow, Jesus loves you. And you're like, whoa, man, what are you doing? It's going to make things hard for you. It's going to hurt your health. You're not going to have a body that can be really used by the Lord. It's a habit that should be broken, believer. It's like a bondage. And I often find the people that are struggling and smoking struggle in other areas of bondage too. And then once they just give that stuff up, because, you know, it's one of the gray areas. Well, you know, the Bible doesn't say I can't smoke, you know. It's like, hey, the Bible says a lot of other things that it's probably a good idea to stop it. Look at those things. I find that once you're able to get through that habit, God begins to knock off the other ones along the way. You just need to really realize the power of the Holy Spirit to break a habit. And you just kind of carry a habit because it's not black and white. You just kind of live with it. And that habit becomes a good friend. But now you've set yourself up to make other bad habits good friends. And some of those other bad habits could be sinful habits. And so maybe somebody's still struggling in that area and right before they come into the sanctuary, they flick their cigarette butt out into the parking lot or something and you see it and it just ticks you off. Like, what are they doing? And, you know, it lights a bush on fire and like, <laughs> then you really get mad and it, 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 it's just stumbling you. You need to make some room for that brother and sister. Maybe just come alongside of them. Hey, I saw you flick your cigarette and start a big fire, bro. Are you all right? How long have you been walking with the Lord? Do you know that God could deliver you from that? I'm not saying you're going to go to hell about anything, but just come alongside and making room. Another area that I see 
come up in one of the gray areas is, you know, some of the ladies that get saved, they get saved right from the street, man. They're out partying and their, their clothing is revealing because they don't understand or they've never been taught modesty. They're not going to learn it on TV. They're not going to learn it in some of the popular movies. They're not going to learn it at the bar they've been hanging out with. And so they get saved and, and they don't have any other clothes, they, they go back into their closets and, and it's always been revealing and they've been taught that they're objects and now God wants to draw them there through Jesus and, and show them that they're a precious vessel unto the Lord and that modesty is good and to, to cover those things up so that, so that you're in a place where you're not stumbling people and, and your, your body is, it's all modesty and yet at the same time, they don't have anything else. And so, you know, you'll see someone come in and maybe they don't have, you know, I can't believe she's dressed like that. No, I can't believe you're so judgmental. Give them some room. Come alongside and say, you know, honey, it'd be better. And it'd be good for you ladies. Guys, you don't do this. <laughs> it'd be better for you ladies. You mature women, like Titus chapter 2 says, you mature women would come alongside and say, do you understand what modesty means? Not in a judgmental way, but just like a mom or a sister that could come along and teach them, you know, it's better that your body's covered and it might even open the door for a little bit of discipleship in their lives. Paul's really saying, make some room, church. Make some room for God to work in people's lives. You and I would be far less judgmental and hypocritically judgmental if we just examine our own lives like Ian shared tonight. Just examine yourself. Just look at what's going on in your life. Maybe there are some things with the ladies or whatever issues. There's a lot of issues. Language, you know, the come out and in the parking lot and some guy just da 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 every F word you could think everything you go, what? He's coming to church. He needs to be church. Well, maybe he doesn't know yet that that language is not edifying to God. He doesn't understand yet that the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth. He doesn't know yet that the Bible says that you and I will be judged for every idle word. And a church that's based on the very wonderful grace of God is going to make room for one another, going to come along with a desire to help one another and not stumble. New believers need to grow up. Number two, there is a immaturity in some people because that person is arrogant. They're not a new believer. They're just puffed up with knowledge. And instead of growing up, that type of person actually needs to grow down and be humbled. Of course, whenever I mention being humbled, you always have two choices, right? You can always humble yourself behind, under the mighty hand of God or God will humble you. You choose. Personally, I'd like to choose the first one more often than the second one. Because I have been humbled by God many times. It's one of the most painful experiences that you'll ever experience. God's not going to let you be so prideful and haughty for very long. The Bible says, if anyone thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. So they need to grow down. There are believers that just think they know it all. They've got it all figured out. They need to go back to the simple life of following Jesus. The simple days. Just Jesus leading them. And some people just refuse to grow. 
They refuse to change. Number three, another source of immaturity is believers are fearful. Some are new believers, you know, some are arrogant, some are fearful. And while the solution for the new believers to grow up and the solution for the arrogant is to grow down, the solution for the fearful is to grow in the Lord. And know that you haven't been given a spirit of fear. These refuse to step into the areas of the unknown for fear of failing. They live in the world of, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't do that. I can't grow there. I can't go there. I can't. Their whole life is paralyzed by fear and inaction. And when they see other people moving in those areas, they get a little upset. The problem isn't isn't that they couldn't go in those areas. The problem is, is that they're captured by fear. And so Paul tells young Timothy in 1 Timothy, or excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. It's always a good thing to prayerfully consider where we are with the Lord. It'll help us minister to others. Some, Some of us need to grow up. Some of us need to grow down. Some of us need to grow in. And it'll help us as we relate to one another. So he says in verse 10 now, For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? Wow. Have you ever thought about the weak brother perishing because of your decision? That's a heavy-duty responsibility. And up until this point, we're still at that place. Well, come on, Ed, I eat at McDonald's. You know, I get a steak down the street. I don't know anything about these idols. Well, let me paint you a different picture. Perhaps it will help you understand chapter 8 a little bit better. Let's just use Ed, Pastor Ed, as an example. And I'm down at one of my appointments at Chili's, downing a nice big brewski. I've got a margarita right behind that and a shot to end. And it's me and Ian. He's got his guitar and he's playing a little song there. We're talking about the things of the Lord and we're taking a shot. Play me a song, Ian, you know, and Ian's teach me the word. And we're just having some good fellowship there. You know why? Because the Bible doesn't say specifically that Ed can't drink. It doesn't say that. You won't find it anywhere. It doesn't say, hey, when you're at Chili's, order your little chicken and grab a pitcher of beer. It doesn't say, order, you know, it doesn't say you can order chicken but not beer. The Bible doesn't forbid drinking. And certainly in some cultures, drinking is perfectly acceptable. Unfortunately, this mind-altering drug. I don't care what society says. It just let's use common sense. But let's just use me. We're down, down at Southlands. We're pounding down, having a good little meeting there. And you'd say, hey, I might even defend myself and say, hey, you can't find a scripture that says I can't drink anywhere. I know the Bible says I can't be drunk. I have no intention of being drunk. I already know how much it's going to take to get me drunk, and I still got some room. (laughs) But I'm not just Ed Taylor to you, am I? I'm Pastor Ed. I'm a representative of the Lord. And and maybe it's not Chili's. Maybe it's me in, in this little cup here. It's not water. 
some of you might want to come up and check that, you know, and what's he drinking up there? And it sees you, and you're weak in the area. That's a weakness for you. And because maybe, and again, from my background, there's no way in the world I'd ever do that, not only for your sake, but for my sake. I know the damage of it. I want to live a life that's not going to embolden any of you to make that decision. Because let's just say that same Chili's and me and Ian are just having a glass of wine or whatever. Just whatever. Whatever alcohol beverage there is. And there you are with your kids. You come in for dinner. You got a teenager that's navigating in the teenage world. And you got a little five-year-old that I talked to him last Sunday about their Sunday school lesson. And I chased your eight-year-old around the sanctuary because they threw something at me or whatever. And just relationship with your family. That's how the church should be. There should be a relationship. And they walk in, Daddy, 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 Pastor Ed, drinking a beer. (laughs) Can I do that, Daddy? That would be a heavy thing for me to carry in my life. I wouldn't want that to happen. I wouldn't want to use any freedom that I have that would stumble your kids, stumble you. That in their mind, you might say, no, that's not good for you, son. But then they're going to come back. But daddy, Pastor Ed did it. And if it's good for Pastor Ed, why isn't it good for me? And now I've just set up an argument in your home. I haven't really been a good example taking you to the highest level in, in your life or in your kid's life in the Lord. The countless men and women that have been ravaged by drugs and alcohol? How many abortions have happened in our country because of a one-night drunken fleeing? How many young women and young men have lost their innocence in the things of the Lord because of drunkenness? They need an example of sobriety and cleanness in the Lord. And I believe it should come from their pastor. You're not going to see me down at Chili's, me and Ian singing a tune, pounding shots down. It's not going to happen. God has cleaned me up for 19 years in him. Every single day has been a gift from God. I've almost, amen to that. I've almost ruined the lives of many people because of that, let alone what I want to now in Jesus Christ somehow stumble you or stumble your children or anyone else in the flock. It just ain't going to happen. But the question isn't about me because I'm convinced. The question really is about you. Do you realize that your decisions have an effect? And of course, we live in a society now where as you exercise your freedom, you snap a little snapshot, put it up on Facebook. Oh, look, Daddy, Daddy, look at the Sunday school teacher pounding down a brewski. (laughs) Oh, that's really good. That's really good for your kids. That really brings them into the Lord. Or whatever weird thing that's going on that Facebook is like a picture into the soul for some people. And my counsel to you is not to be, not to, oh, I better take those pictures down. No, you better stop living like that. Where do you think it's going to take you? I mean, seriously. That's where Paul is in chapter 8 here. It's not, well, we don't have idols and meat and sacrifice, so it really doesn't apply to me. Oh, no, it does apply to you. And you may not need to go into Wendy's and say, hey, bro, what are you sacrificing the meat to out back there? 
But you may need to consider when you're exercising your liberties, you may want to consider and, and, and actually step back and say, I wonder if I've really, really thought of other people in my life. The one that I am sharing with, the one that I want to lead to the Lord, my, my kids, my friends, whatever it might be. And it, I use alcohol, it's an easy one. I don't know what it is for you. I always cringe when these new movies come out because as a pastor, you know, I read up on them. I'm not just gonna go watch a movie because it's popular. And inevitably, inevitably, the reason why we aren't going to go see that movie is because there's some scene in it. The movie didn't really need the scene, you know? It didn't, it could have been just fine without that naked fleeing over there, and that it could have been just fine without the parading. It could have been a great movie, but because they want ratings and money, uh, the producers throw this, all this stuff in there to get all the buzz and the attention and the ratings and, and yet the whole congregation, like, if you empty out, they're going to go wait all night, go see that movie, go, go see that movie, go, go see that movie. And, and I just wonder, have you considered just not seeing a movie for the sake of someone else's walk? You, you can't, you know, you can't walk away, well, it's a legalistic trip. I'm not telling you what to do and not to do. I'm just telling you to consider what he said. Beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those that are weak. It absolutely applies. It absolutely applies that you start to get involved in the things of this world and you forget that you're a witness of Jesus Christ. All of us as believers are witnesses of Jesus. It, the only difference between us is whether we're a good witness or a bad witness. But we all are. And as you're starting to make decisions in life, as you're just starting to decide what you're going to post on Facebook, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, what you're going to watch, what you're going to drink, how you're going to live, how you're going to respond. You really have to consider, will this stumble someone? They go, wait a minute, Ed. I mean, it's going to stumble everyone. Well, then just take that thought to the Lord in prayer and get confirmation that you're supposed to do it. Because that's the cop-out that I hear a lot, too. Well, wait a minute, Ed. If I really take that to a logical conclusion, I'll just stumble. I'll never be able to do anything. That's not what he's saying here. This is prayerful and careful. And it's just a warning. Be careful. Beware. As you're exercising, he doesn't say not to exercise your liberty. He doesn't say, oh, get all legalistic and tied and make rules and regulations. That's not his counsel. His counsel is this. Beware, lest as you exercise your liberty, you stumble a weak believer. And we all can do that. And God can confirm to us the decisions that we need to make, the decisions that we don't need to make. And I mentioned this not too long ago, but... That's why for us as a family, we've just, we've decided in the realm of movies, we haven't stopped watching movies, but in the realm of movies, we just wait for them to come out on DVD because we've got a DVD player that takes all that junk out. So I got to be real careful when we're saying, yeah, we watched that movie the other day. Go, oh, Ed. No, we actually watched it on clear play, which I don't know any of those scenes that are flashing through your head right now because I didn't go to the theaters. We waited just one of those habits that we picked up along the way that only I just started thinking as an early believer I just want to be close to the Lord I've lived enough of my life like Paul like Peter said living for the foolishness of the Gentiles I lived enough of my life like that why would I do that as a believer now and when I do fail in that area which we do and I do I need to just come back to the simplicity of the Lord and say wow God what's going on in my heart have I forgotten to think about others 
Have I forgotten the privilege of the position and the place that you've entrusted to my care? Have I forgotten that a decision that I make can literally affect thousands of people? Have I forgotten that? Because if I have, you need to remind me. Because I really don't want to mess the lives up of thousands of people. I really don't. And I know you don't either. And even if it doesn't affect thousands of people, it really doesn't matter. It's not even a numbers thing. It's a you thing. You could affect one person, good or bad. And in these last days, there's this need for holiness in our lives. Separation unto the Lord. He ends up, he says, in verse 12, he calls this a sin. When you stumble your brother, exercising your freedom, it's called a sin. When you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. You know what that tells me? This tells me this is serious business. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. You meat lovers don't like that verse because of what it means. If you don't like that verse and you like meat, you understand the verse. That is a radical decision that Paul, notice, didn't make, he was willing to make. Don't misunderstand him. There's a key word there in verse 13. It's the word if. He hasn't made that decision. He didn't say, oh, I've given up meat for all the people that are weak. He says, if it is, if that's what's needed, then I'll do it. And that's what I want you and I to leave here today. If that's what it takes, then would you please just decide to do it? Can you imagine what the church and the community of believers would look like if we really were people of love and not our own personal agendas? Can you imagine the untapped power through the church that could come through us, the lives that could be changed as love flows down and through us, not competing one another, but completing one another in the body? Not thinking only of ourselves, but thinking more highly of you in my decision-making. And I can say, I, I don't regret giving things up for the Lord, and I don't, give, I don't regret giving things up for you so that I wouldn't stumble you. I don't regret it at all. Because although through my office passes a lot of trouble and a lot of problems, I also get to meet countless, countless people that have been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That who you are today is not who you were before. You are truly born again. That who you are today, God intervened in your life and you are a different person in Jesus Christ. And whatever I've given up for the Lord is nothing compared to what he gave up for me. Be stirred up today, church, thinking through this. Be careful not to stumble others. Be careful not to use your liberty, your freedom. In another place in the Bible, the Bible says, be careful not to use your liberty as a cloak for your own sinfulness. That, and that's a whole different issue altogether. We looked at it in depth when we studied through Peter. But that's the idea of, hey, man, don't judge me, brother. I live in grace. I can do whatever I want. You just misunderstand grace. I didn't know that a person that belongs to Jesus Christ could actually do whatever they want. But at the same time, when you're abiding in Jesus and you do whatever you want, it's actually what Jesus wants because you abide in him and he abides in you. And you actually end up doing whatever you want because whatever you want is whatever the Lord wants for you. Today on Abounding Grace, we've been in 1 Corinthians as Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through this epistle. If you joined us late or would just like to hear the message again, go online to calvaryco.church. 
Another way to take in a steady dose of God's Word is through our apps. Not only do we offer a church app, but the Grace FM Colorado app as well. Download those today for free by searching for Calvary Church Aurora. If you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. Let us know the station you're listening to and if today's study was a blessing to your life. And we'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through the website at calvaryco.church. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of the book, Holy Land Key by Ray Bentley. For quite some time, Pastor Ray Bentley has partnered with God's people in Israel and witnessed the fulfillment of prophecy firsthand. This book will introduce you to prophetic signs that God reveals in sometimes unexpected ways. Call 877-30-GRACE or visit calvaryco.church. That's 877-30-GRACE. And then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of 1 Corinthians. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.